Super Vegan Brian. Yes, I get an actual proper intro when Anthony is in here. Where, Where is Anthony anyway? Oh, he's puking somewhere. That's that my disappoints way. me because when I say where is Anthony, you're supposed to come up with some creative place. You didn't let me finish. You cut me off. Oh, so where is Anthony anyway? He's off puking somewhere. I believe it was Antarctica last time I talked to him on the satellite phone. You actually got that thing working? We were having problems with the sat phone. I hit it against a rock a couple times. Oh, okay. And okay. I, it, it literally just picked up signal after the second bash. It was like it was be like it was going, okay, okay, shit, I'll call. Did we have a real reason to send him to Antarctica, or did we just want to talk about this uh, this topic without him? Oh, I wanted to talk to him. I wanted this topic with him, but it just sounded really funny having him freeze his butt off. He's actually up there looking for the lost ice station from the movie. Um, well, I had Kurt Russell in it with the alien. See, here, I, I, that's all I told him, too. I was like, go find this lost station that that Kurt Russell was in with the alien. Well, maybe we'll get some interesting stories when he comes back. If it really is him. <laughs> Don't make me scared. <laughs> yeah, but, but when he gets back, I'm taking a vial of his blood and, and a hot wire, strapping him down before we talk to him. You know what? If you if you use that for what's nerdy with you, you win that week. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I just might do that. So he's he's probably because, you, know, you know, when I got a hold of him on the satellite phone, he said he wasn't feeling good. And he said he had dug an ice toilet and was throwing up into it. And he said it was weird watching your vomit and melt through ice. OK, rule number one about this podcast. My girlfriend listens to this podcast, so we don't talk about things that will make her sick to her stomach. Oh, she'll be OK. I think I think she'll be okay with listening to this descriptions of vomit look, melting through look, ice. Look, that was no Black Mirror, so I think she's okay. Okay, all right. That, that's, that's Anthony Anthony though. is vomiting in Antarctica. He's not fucking a pig, so that won't make anybody puke. <laughs> so he'll be okay. Uh, my so only thing we, is, I hope he remembered enough parkas. <laughs> I hope so too. What are we What are we talking about today, Sans Anthony? Sans, you know, this, that's what's sad is we had to send him on this on this emergency trip up there, or I did. We were talking about, and I really wanted him to be here because he's also another really big fan of what we're talking about. Because we're talking about space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of a podcast talking about contrived concepts. I can't guess from my hack job. We're talking about Star Trek as a whole, from from Kirk all the way, well. If you go chronologically from Archer all the way up to the last days of Voyager. But we're just going to talk about it as a whole because this is a fandom that I know all of us are part of. Even the people who lie and watch it in the bottom of their basement with a blanket wrapped around them. This is something that we... I had to mute my mic because I was laughing so hard from your impression. (laughs) (laughs) I I barely heard what you said after that because I was laughing so hard, but it's okay. I'll listen to the podcast. (laughs) I was like, he's not saying anything. Did I kill him? We're talking about the almighty Star Trek today. We're going to it's going to be interesting to talk about because I actually never really talked a super ton about Star Trek with you. But first, 
don't cut me off, Brian. Um, but first, Brian, we can't we can't get into the discussion yet before. I know, I know. We're gonna <laughs> play. It's time to play the all glorious. What's nerdy with you, Brian? Go first. Oh God. Um, with you. All right. So I'll let you pick which one you want: photography or um, SoCo games and comics. SoCal. I went and picked up my haul. Did you mi- I, did you miss a week or something? I I was in Portland for a little while. Oh so right. I got um excuse the plastic bag crinkling. I got Faith number ten, the first volume of the Birthright Trade, Eclipse number six, Curse Words number four, Pathfinder Worldscape number six. And Exo Man of War number one, the new run. Okay, real quick. What is Exo Man of War? I've actually never heard of it. So Exo Man of War is a Valiant comic. It's in the Valiant universe, and that's a connected universe. Okay. And it's about a warlord from the ancient past who gets kidnapped by alien slavers and gets this, like, super suit that he's... It's basically, in a nutshell, it's Iron Man if Iron Man was a, Vis- a Visigoth warlord. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and when he comes back to Earth, it's present day, because time because he was traveling at FTL. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, Best I... And it, believe it or not, it's been around since the 90s. What? And I, 80s, I think, even. Yeah, Valiant Comics have been around for a long time. Well, I knew that. I just didn't realize that had been around that long. They just had the same kind of problems that Marvel and DC had in the 90s, and they they have like a major resurgence right now. Yeah, um, Faith and Exo Man of War are both Valiant. They, I was at, um, actually, Devin from SoCo Gaming, Games and Comics gave me this issue on him because he wants me to get into it. And I probably will, but just not just based on issue number one. Because I didn't really get to see a lot of super suit action. It's real introduction stuff. And I don't know what happened to lead up to this. But I, the writing's good and the art's good. So I'll probably get into it. Good. The one I'm excited about the most is Birthright. What's Birthright? I've never heard of that one either. The Birthright is the one that the manager, Dan, recommended to me. It's got, and I bought it sight unseen. It's about a kid who gets, he's playing catch with his dad. And he runs into the woods to catch the ball, and he never comes back. And a year later, our barbarian warlord shows up, claiming to be the kid. What? And like a 35-year-old barbarian warlord, huge jacked warlord guy, shows up. So the kid got transferred to another dimension, and he was there for like 30 years. And when he came back, only a year had gone by. Holy shit, that sounds amazing. Yeah, he was. He went to this other world and became like this chosen one, and now he's home. <laughs> yeah, and he's a badass. And now he's got to try and readjust the society. Let me guess. Um, I'll leave that to reading it because there, there. I mean, this had some big surprises in it, and I think it would ruin it if I mentioned them. That I just give the basic plot. He, yeah. There's, there's so much. There's, there's supposed like. There, I think. Dan said there's like five volumes. Dude. So I have some I have some spending to do. This sounds fun. This sounds like something I would want to read. So, Michael, what did you do that was nerdy this week? 
I killed things. I mean, what? Did you go hunting? No, man, that would have been great. That would have been my nerdy thing. And then I probably would have got hate mail. I, uh, I, I would like everybody to know that Super Vegan Brian is pro hunting. Save your hate mail for me. Now, Michael, <laughs> you can talk about anything you want <laughs> and not get a hate mail because I will get all Actually, the hate mail. Actually, my nerdy thing this week is I did our I did our monthly unboxing video for Loot Crate uh, the other day. That was your nerdy thing the last time you did the monthly unboxing video. It's a good pocket pull. <laughs> I have not watched it yet. What were the what were the some of the stuff? Well, oh, one thing is you're going to really like I, I know you're going to really like this and it's probably going to make you. I wish you had gotten Loot Crate this month, but I doubt it is you got a box set of four number two pencils from that are supposed to be from X-Files and they all have something from X-Files written on it. That's kind of cool. Put the I in FBI. Trust yeah. no one. I want to believe the truth is out there. They're all written on the pencils and they even give you a pencil sharpener. I like that. Oh yeah. It was great. And so I'm like, oh, I got bitching pencils. And uh, you get a Jessica Jones figurine. It was actually really cool. That, that I'm more excited about. Yeah, the Jessica Jones fig is really cool. She's kicking down on block wall. And you got a Stranger Things t-shirt. Oh, it's like diorama style? Yeah. Ooh. It's really it's really neat. It's uh from Q Fig. I like Q Fig. Yeah. And that well, yeah, one of my favorite Q uh big figs that I got is a Q Fig of uh Deadpool. What's the Stranger Things t-shirt? It's eleven standing in like in a background, almost in a background pose with the demogorgon right behind her. And then it's got the characters lined up on either side of her and it's like a really comic booky look like an 80s comic book look and a lot of yellow on a black t-shirt yeah it's really looks really good enjoy it and then you got a batman color changing mug does it change from black to really really dark gray <laughs> no parents uh no actually whenever you pour the hot coffee in it uh, the clouds turn slightly green and then the bat signal shows up oh that's neat yeah it's actually pretty cool so, oh, and the box turns into uh, an evidence, ca- an evidence, uh, uh, an evidence lock- locker, um, uh, uh, an investigation kit. That actually sounds like the best loot crate yet. It, it's one of my favorites. It's really, it's a really good one, uh, especially for the Jessica Jones figure. That's what I, that's the one thing I was really excited for whenever we opened it. Time to vote. I vote for myself because you did the same thing again. Yeah, but this one was even better. I vote for myself. You know what? I'm going to be a terrible person. I'm voting for myself. We tied. Oh, no. You know what that means. Listeners, it is your job to decide who won this week. Break the vote. Break the vote. Yeah. And I mean, all it's going to take is one person. So somebody posts to the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page and you decide the fate of the world. Because, you know, secretly, what's nerdy with you is what hinges existence together. Yeah, I, I already see the fracture lines in the laws of physics where you guys got to hurry. Speaking of fracture lines in the laws of physics, it's time for Star Trek. <laughs> Best segue ever. That was great. <laughs> so, yes, we're talking this week. We are talking about Star Trek. I was actually a little nervous about this topic because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I've watched tons and tons of episodes and... It's been a while since I've like really watched a bunch of stuff, so I feel fuzzy. I'm still really in the fuzzy phase myself because it 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 was a really long time since I had watched it. <laughs> he but... said fuzzy phase. <laughs> said phasers to fuzzy. 
that is the name of this episode. <laughs> so I, I am fuzzy on it a, a lot about it too, because it's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched content. But what brought it up, but what put it back in my mind and makes me want to actually go back and watch it is I discovered a new podcast that actually is covering next generation. And it's got, I'm actually going to start rewatching next generation episode by episode along with this podcast. And it really reminded me how much I liked star Trek. Well, because you know how prepared you usually are. What's the podcast and how can people find it? Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, Brian. I actually was waiting for you. I actually was waiting for you to say something. (laughs) The podcast is called star Trek. The next conversation with Matt Matt Myra. Yeah, with Matt Myra and Andy Secunda. I believe that's how you say his last name. They're on iTunes. They have they have Star Trek The Next Conversation dot com uh, put up, I believe, or and then I believe on Instagram they're they're st uh, TNC. What is Matt Myra more addicted to? Being on podcasts or left-handed guitars? That's really hard to, to decide because he's got a massive guitar collection. He's been on quite a few podcasts. Oh, yeah. he's well, he. I, I remember him being on Nerdist a long time ago, and he still pops in. because He's uh, one of the writers for the Goldbergs now, so he gets pretty busy. But he's also doing one with his wife that I actually think I want to listen to with my wife. is called uh, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Why is it called excellent? Because they're going. It's them going through IVF treatment. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, they're they're going through IVF, so they're documenting it all in a week by week um, podcast about it. It sounds really good to something really good to listen to, especially uh, with your spouse. Whether you're trying to go, whether you're getting ready to go through IVF or you're not, or you just want something that you two can listen to together on on a relevant topic. His wife's actually really cool, so I I think I'm actually going to get into it. So, Michael. I have a really important question to you for the the listeners who don't know. Yes. What is Star Trek? Star Trek is a show, a set of shows and movies, a lot of movies, more than movies than I ever thought. I I, I sat down and looked at the catalog, a lot of movies about a civil about civilizations in the in the future. Uh, What's it? When what gener? What century? What century was Kirk in the 23rd? Right. Oh, my God. Um, What year are because Picard's twenty fourth, but he's the Kirk. Uh, Picard's the twenty fourth century, so so Kirk would be the twenty third century, wouldn't he? Here we go. Timeline of Star Trek. See, I told you, fuzzy, fuzzy, very fuzzy. Yes. Um, We're rediscovering it, people. Oh, it's it's. Oh, never mind. That 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 particular timeline is episodal. That does not help me. Well, that's not good. But roughly the twenty third to twenty fourth century about. A organization called the United Federation of Planets, and it's basically backbone of discovery, defense, and all-around exploration. Starfleet, spearheaded pretty much by by the planets of Earth and Vulcan, they come together and they they're basically the key member. I would say key members of the Federation, and they go out and they explore and discover new civilizations, help people, and possibly cause a lot of trouble. You were the, correct. Star Trek: The Next Generation is the 24th century. Star Trek: The Original Series is the 23rd century. What was was Enterprise 22nd? I would, yeah, they're 22nd because they're supposed to be, I think, a good hundred and some odd years between them and Kirk. What was the timeline of the future in the temporal war in 
Enterprise. What year were they? I think 27th. Okay. If we, yeah, I want to say 27th because they're in because then when Archer goes into the future, they uh, they say they're standing on the deck of the Enterprise J. Yeah, they don't stop adding the alphabet to that to that ship. They don't let it die. So Star Trek is basically a show about exploration and discovery and with this giant unifying organization. And it's actually really fun. Majority of the series actually follows a ship with the namesake of Enterprise. Because there's there's an old saying, you, you can't have a good fleet unless you have an Enterprise. Yeah, but there are other iterations of it. There's so I just off the top of my head for the shows, it was Star Trek, the original series, Star Trek, uh, the next generation, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Star Trek Voyager and then Star Trek Enterprise, which is actually a prequel series, which was actually I didn't think it was terrible. I liked it. Or some Scott Bakula fan. Uh, I thought the Temper War thing was convoluted. It ruined the show for me. That 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 one bugged me. The Temper War did bug me because it, it technically changed several fundamental uh, aspects of Starfleet and the timeline for other characters. But now we have a new series coming out in I think it got pushed out back to the the end of this year. If it does come out, if it did, it's getting it's starting to look a little scary is Star Trek Discovery, which Poor I Sasha. Actually, yeah, but I don't like how they want to run it and how they how they're going to broadcast it because they're supposed to run the pilot on CBS, get everybody hooked and then put it on their uh, pay to play format for that CBS put together. So you have to pay a monthly fee for for their streaming service to watch it. And I, I don't and it, I don't like it. I get it. I don't like it because it's like, oh, more money. But yeah. I get it because it's working for CBS. CBS is the most popular. They're the highest rated channel on TV. They're the most popular channel on TV. More people watch CBS than any other channel. So there are people who only watch shows on CBS. So it makes sense for them to start doing exclusive content on their CBS, their CBS app. And There are people who get mad about this and don't really realize that that CBS app is pretty darn good. It has the entire back catalogs of every CBS show. So, yeah, no, I get that. And and I think that's great. But like you said earlier, more money. And it bugs me because you know how long I've actually been wanting a new Star Trek series like because there was we went through we went through a few years here. If you haven't realized without a Star Trek on on the TV. And that's a scary thought because growing up for me. There was always a Star Trek on the TV. There was always a Star Trek to watch and with new adventures and new problems for them to, to solve. And it really bothered me that they didn't have one for so long after Enterprise ended. But I can understand why they didn't. They were really gun shy because those, the storylines with Archer really damaged their timeline and their fan base. So it was understandable. Well, the, I, I think just from a network perspective, it was like, Star Trek Enterprise got bad ratings. No Star Trek shows for a while. That's how they make decisions. Yeah, I don't know if Star Trek Discovery is ever going to happen because they're having serious problems with production right now. Yeah, well, also, I want to know because the rumor is that the Discovery is supposed to follow two full sets of crews on like a maybe like a micro uh, micro fleet uh, during the time of Kirk. So it's a really cool idea. It's a great idea. Uh, it, it would be really tricky to do because it's two full crews. If it is, if it's, if that really is how they want it, how they're handling it. I, I think the, the, the production problems is, is coming from a financial aspect, aspect because they have a lot already handled for the series. I'm going to start quoting you on financial, uh, financial ass point. Aspects. It's still really early here. Come on. 
I'm awake, but that doesn't mean that I can pronounce great. Yeah, it's really early. You haven't taken your shower yet, so you still have aspects. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. It's also really early, so you laugh at my bad jokes. But yeah, that's, that's how you know I'm still half asleep. <laughs> I'm laughing at everything so, right now. The Star Trek fandom is, I would say, the largest fandom. Are they bigger than Doctor Who? I don't know. I would say, in, I'd, I'd say in a war, it would be a very convoluted victory for us side because they're both very, very large. I, I'm, I'm gonna like. I'm saying this. I'm saying this theoretically. Not this isn't my concrete opinion. So don't, don't. Um, Send your, your weapons down. Brian yeah. Dot. So the, I would think that the Star Trek fandom is. It overlaps a lot. The Star Trek and Doctor Who fandom overlaps a lot. I've met a lot of people who like Doctor Who and love Star Trek. But I think Whovians are very booky fans, where Star Trek fans tend to be very sciencey fans. That's true. So if there was a war, it would be a really interesting war. Yes, it would be very, very interesting because it would be a very intellectual, very build them up, destroy them more, which would be con- which would be which would be contradictive to the core aspects of both fandoms. It, yeah, that's it's just amazing. It, <laughs> it would be a debate. It wouldn't be a war. It would be like a, a, a big debate. I'm, I'm sure there have been be- debates. I'm sure it's this is oh, something yeah. that's happened. This isn't but even you, a theory. But you've also seen Doctor Who and Star Trek work together in the Doctor Who crossover comics where he's crossed over with Kirk and Picard and the Org were owned by the Cybermen. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Beat their ass. So, what's so special about the Star Trek fandom? It gives people, and for me, as and being part of the fandom, is it gives me a, a hopeful thought for the future of where we're going to overrise a lot of the the bad things that are happening in this world right now, and show that we truly do uh, respect intelligence and that we're able to move forward and to make and make great discoveries and better and make betterment. Plus also it's really fun to get a long breathy science explanation about something. And then someone be like, like filling a balloon with too much air. And then you understand it. It's, it's something I love. So it's just something that way deep down, I would say escape because of how far away they are usually on their, on their missions and what they're For doing. For me, I think it's sort of the birth of con culture. Well, yeah, because some of the first conventions were Star Trek conventions, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there were fandom conventions before that. Like, like Sherlock Holmes had groups of people that got together to celebrate Sherlock Holmes back in the day of Arthur Conan Doyle. So fandom isn't a new thing. But Star Trek created by the way, nerd fandom. Brian, by the way, I'm, I'm going to pick at you a little bit. It sounds like you said Arthur Khan and Doyle. I did. <laughs> I wanted to see if anybody would notice. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. I was like, wait, it's one person. Why did he make it sound like four? Because, you know, it's I'm, I'm trying to subliminally influence the audience to go to cons and support nerd communities. Subliminally? Subliminally. Subliminally? Damn it. Sub- mm, I'm not even going to try again. <laughs> nope, this is going to get bad quick. Superliminally? <laughs> Shut up, Brian. Subliminally is how you say it, right? That's how I said it. Oh, okay. I, I said it right the first time, didn't I? No, you said sublimely. 
sublimely. There we go. That's how you pronounce it from now on. All right. That'd be so, a, that'd, that's um, a good album cover. On side note, Doctor Who came first. Yes, beat him by three years. Three years, or, right? No, no, a lot more. Um, no, because the Star Trek was sixty-six. Yeah, three years. Yeah, three years. That's what I thought. I was like, no, Star Trek was in the sixties, and Star Trek didn't air on the BBC till sixty-nine. Well, I thought it wasn't until two thousand and twelve. <laughs> wow. Well, start 2012 is when they started playing Next Generation on BBC America. Took that's a long time. It took them an additional three years for the original Star Trek. It took them how many years to get Next Generation on there? Well, BBC America is different than BBC. This is true. Yeah, I'm sure they've been watching Star Trek Next Generation since the beginning over there. Yeah, they they probably got it maybe a couple weeks after us. So yeah, the Star Trek fandom is the birth of con culture. You have people getting together as nerds. I think cosplay at cons came from Star Trek. It, it's it's got to be fun to to sit there and pick out carefully the guys who used bald caps for Picard and the guys who actually just shaved their freaking heads. Because those guys, when they get whenever they get it shaved just right, it looks completely authentic. Of course, I've also seen the guys that have the little side flaps on the bald caps still unglued. An interesting side note about convention culture with Star Trek. My um, so I used to live in an apartment and my downstairs neighbor was a was a Ferengi who was a member of a Klingon clan. What? Yeah. With full prosthetics. How did he pull that off? They he was a prosthetics artist. No, I mean, how did he get his Ferengi to be in a Klingon clan. You know what? He told me the whole entire backstory, and it's too much for our show. But yeah, he was <laughs> like their mascot. That's um, that's. But great. they they were serious. Like they actually made an appearance on the Tonight Show. Oh dang! When wow. it was Jay Leno. Um, when um, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. They did a skit where they they were paid to dress up in their costumes in character. And drive up in a convertible to the line of Star Trek uh, of Star Wars uh, Phantom Menace line. No, they didn't. Yeah. Holy crap. That is amazing. Yeah. He had he was a neat guy. I don't remember his name. It was a long time ago, but he had a um, a Klingon tattoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had his own prosthetics business. That's that's actually really cool that he's able to do that. And he so he made full prosthetics for makeup prosthetics or did he do medical prosthetics? Makeup prosthetics. Okay. So I should have figured it was makeup whenever you said, you know, he was really good with the Ferengi costume. But with, no, that's really wicked cool. I like that. Oh, too bad you can't remember his name. We could shout him out. Yeah. Yeah. I still can. Shout out to dude who used to live under me. <laughs> he used to have a dude live under you? Yes, I, I lived in an apartment, and there was an apartment below, and he lived under me. So, take your mind out of the gutter. Michael. Oh, this is Star Trek. They're more sophisticated than that. Yes. Well, I mean, you could have made some kind of joke about him being lower rank or something. Oh, like, oh, he, he lived, lived under me. Oh, he did live under you, so was he a lower rank? No. Um, the, if, you, if, you lived on the first, if you live on the first floor of an apartment, it costs more. Oh, wow. So, he is above you. Yes. Uh, he was also a Ferengi, so that is just it just makes sense that he had money. Yeah. Is that racist to an into a fake race? 
Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Was racism to a fake race. Nice. Well, we've Which, come full circle, people. I, I wonder if there's ever been an argument about racism based on imaginary races at a Star Trek con. I'm almost willing to bet that there probably has oh, I, like I, an I, actual heated argument. If they're doing if they're doing weddings and divorces in Klingon, I'm pretty sure there's a there have been fake race uh, protests. So so okay so Ferengi's love Ferengi's love life not coin Ferengi's <laughs> love life not coin. Oh my god! So so Star Trek we have a long list of series. We got the original series, the animated series, Star Trek Next Generation. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, these are in order. Star yes. Trek Voyager, Enterprise, then we have Discovery. We'll talk about movies after. Discovery, yeah. for those who not know, is the upcoming series. We talked about it earlier that may come out eventually. It's currently delayed indefinitely. Oh, they, they went to full del- they went to indefinite delay. According to Wikipedia. Oh. Yeah. That, that might not be sick. true. Might be might be more complicated than that, but according to Wikipedia, it's delayed indefinitely. So take it based, take it on a grain of Wikipedia. Take it with a grain of Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, it's Wikipedia. Take a grain of salt with that. All right. So oh oh I liked my I liked my bad pun. I know. Okay. So <laughs> what's your favorite series out of all of them? For me, without a doubt, Star Trek Voyager. Is so that's not your first series, obviously. No, actually. My first series was Next Generation. Okay, so uh, Voyager was later. Did you watch Deep Space Nine in between? Yeah. So what about Voyager makes it your favorite? The fact that they were a small 15-deck Intrepid-class science vessel that got flung into the 75,000 light years into the Delta Quadrant by themselves, and they had to figure out how to get home. To me, that, that screamed old-school exploration and the true foundations of what the Federation was, which was to boldly go and discover and seek out new civilizations. They found so much out in the Delta Quadrant, and they also found out how to be able to make it back in less time. If they would have gone on the the full travel speed of a starship, how long would it have taken them to get back? If they stayed at full, if they stayed at warp nine constantly uh, on their way back, it would have taken them 75 years to reach Earth. It would have been 75 years to make it back. And so it, it, they were, it would, it, Voyager had to consider becoming a generation ship at one point. That's, because, that's cool. Well, yeah. And th- the thing is that it was a 15-deck science vessel. It wasn't a, a big galaxy class. It wasn't an exploration vehicle. So they didn't have, uh, they didn't have the setups for children or anything on the ship so they it was really hard because if you remember the enterprise on next generation was a galaxy class ship it was designed it was a classified an exploration vessel so it was it was set to be a, basically a floating colony people had their entire families on a lot of upper officers had their entire families with them and they had a school and they were- see for me the thing that attracted me to voyager was they had a kitchen which they actually made in the first couple episodes. The the Neelix's kitchen was originally the captain's private mess. Now, why did they need a kitchen? Neelix told her it was to bring a, to ease up the stress on the replicators because the replicators used up energy from the warp core and they had very limited uh, 
anti dilithium for the antimatter drive in the warp core because they hadn't they were, when the series first started they were really hard pressed to figure out how to get more and more dilithium for the ship's power cells so they had neelix who he could identify food in that in that region that was safe for them to eat so he made a he made the private mess into a kitchen so he could have he could make food for the crew and they would ease up on the replicators was neelix was from that region i don't remember yes he was they actually found him in the first few in the first couple episodes whenever they were trying to figure out what was going on with the caretaker and the and his satellite and the planet where the where the female Kess was from and he basically threw in with them because he he wanted to get Kess back Kazon had kidnapped her and they're basically for the, they're that region they're kind of like that region's going on okay i remember yeah, the Kazon yeah they're all tribes and so, go ahead let me let me um so we we can actually fit everything in time. Yeah. Um, what are some highlights about Voyager from specific episodes that make you love it so much? They didn't have they 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 had their overlying story, which was we're getting home, but they still confined to exploration. Uh, one of my favorite episodes happened really early on, where they found a nineteen like thirty four Ford pickup floating in space. And you find out what happened to like all the mysterious like abduction stories and disappearances through history. You find out they were a, a race of slavers who kidnapped people. And you meet Amelia Earhart. So they, they had a little bit of time and they brought a little bit of Earth back in. So there was, it was really nice because they always found a way to get back to Earth. Plus, they had some of the best holodeck episodes. I'm surprised you're not bringing up the Borg right away because that was a big part of Voyager. Their last... Two to three seasons were almost had almost everything to do with the Borg exclusively. They they did very little outside of the Borg. But early on, what drew me in was their ability to the the things the new things they discovered and how they were trying to make two crews work together because half of Voyager's crew and half of the Maquis ship that they were chasing in the beginning of the series were were down, and so they had to meld together and become one crew. And the watching how that came together was really good and it really made me happy and their holodeck episodes were great i mean captain proton with tom paris was the, the i loved the captain proton stuff they did when we talk about favorite episodes bring up captain proton again because i'm not familiar with that i will i will bring up captain proton but first i want to talk about my favorite series okay um and Ryan, what's probably, your favorite series <laughs> i'm probably fuzzier than you so a lot of my descriptions are going to be fuzzy descriptions um deep space nine. Oh. Um, is, is I, I'm taking that's your least favorite. I am not crazy about Deep Space Nine. Now there's some episodes I do like. I will give you there's some episodes I do like about Deep Space Nine. But as all like Cisco was amazing. I'm not gonna lie, he was a very good commanding officer. But the, the, as the series as a whole, I wasn't crazy about. Deep Space Nine is anti Roddenberry, <laughs> so a this lot of. A lot of fans don't like Deep Space Nine because it, it kind of spits in the face at Roddenberry. But at the same time, it makes sense that something like Deep Space Nine would exist in that universe because Deep Space Nine was real. It had it had intercrew conflicts, which was a rule that Star Trek wasn't allowed to break. And I think it led to them being able to do the Maquis Federation plot on Voyager because you weren't allowed to have intercrew conflicts on Star Trek. That's true. It's very true. And because uh, 
if I remember right, the, the reason why the Maquis became what they were is because of the Dominion War that took place in Deep Space Nine. I believe so. The, yeah, because it, it was the Cardassians that uh, attacked and killed a lot of Maquis settlements. So, And the, the other thing I really liked about Deep Space Nine is it dealed with non-Federation a lot. You yeah, had a lot of non-Federation people on the base. Yeah, well, because wasn't Deep Space Nine um, an outpost? Yes, Deep Space Nine was an outpost um, in Bajor space, right next to the planet Bajor. So there was a lot of Be- there were a lot of episodes with Bajor politics. You had a lot of Bajor mythology from the beginning to the end. the The only thing about Deep Space Nine that felt a little weird is the similarity in plotline to Babylon Five. Oh, you picked up on that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know who borrowed from who. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Babylon 5 is a whole nother episode that we can do um, on space operas because yeah. that's one of my favorite shows. Um, but that's probably one of the reasons why I like Deep Space Nine so much because I like that whole idea of a story in a space station and all the different stories that can come from that. Yeah. Plus, they somehow got a hold of Worf. And Deep Space Nine did something that Star Trek Next Generation didn't do and Voyager didn't do. Which is? Mirror Universe. They did have a full Mirror Universe. Yeah. I loved that. And it did did a whole series of episodes with um, the alternate timeline version of Riker. Oh, I don't remember this. So, in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, Riker got split into two timelines. Um, one where oh, he was stuck right. on a planet and one where he wasn't. In Deep Space Nine, they brought him back and he was tied into the Maquis. I could see that. It was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. It was just cool to see that version, that younger, more brash version of Riker. Nice. It was... It was basically so Riker didn't do any of the growing he did on Star Trek The Next Generation because he was trapped on a planet. So he was still headstrong, full of like really his temper was still really high. Yeah, it was it was basically there was a disaster on this planet and Riker in the real timeline escaped. But there was a and I'm fuzzy on this, but there was a transporter incident and Riker didn't escape. So the entire time Riker's out getting promoted in the federation there's another riker on this planet trapped there and nobody knows about it holy crap that's beautiful i do not remember this at all oh yeah it's so worth checking out it's so oh my worth gosh. Checking out. yeah yeah I, I will be looking that up well I, I'll, I'll run into that episode on next generation if uh, as i start going through it again with matt myra on his podcast so yeah i i am i am a niner i love deep space nine that's that's all I got to say about it. So let's talk about favorite episodes. Oh, real quick, uh, this uh, this is just something uh, an addendum for Deep Space Nine. I did like the episode they had early on, where Cisco meets Q and he punches Q in the face. Yeah, I liked Cisco's relationship with Q better than I liked Picard's relationship with Q. Yeah, because Picard like entertained him mildly. Cisco was just like, "Bitch, get off my station." Well, Cisco had this thing that he just. He was so much more emotional than any other commander. Well, he didn't. Also, he didn't start out as a captain. 
Well, I mean, neither did Kirk or Picard, obviously, but no, on, I mean, but in the, the show, series, yeah, and on the show, he didn't start out as a captain. Where Picard and Kirk were already captain. So, but anyway, favorite episodes you were saying a second ago before I so rudely and immensely cut you so, off. So mine's from Deep Space Nine. So why don't you go first so we can we can um we can get away from Deep Space Nine for at least at least. I'm gonna a pick this as I'm gonna pick this as my favorite episode because a, a lot of the holodeck episodes on Voyager were my favorite episodes, and this one is the the Captain Proton holodeck hola novel episode. A little backstory. Captain Proton is a holodeck novel character who's basically making uh, making fun of stuff like Flash Gordon and all those those radio and uh, serials of the time of science. Very science fiction. He's uh, his rocket looks like a rocket. He has a he has a jet pack and um, not a face like a laser pistol. And he has a villain whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. That is supposed to be a ripoff of Emperor Ming, and the whole, the whole, the 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 novel is about is takes place on the whole episode takes place on the hall on the holodeck, and it's a uh, one run by Tom Paris and Harry Kim on Voyager. There, it's their time for relaxation, and this is what they like to do. They like to be Captain Proton and his sidekick, who I cannot remember his name for the life of me, and. Their adventure and basically their adventures. And in this episode, there, of course, what every the, what always happens is a glitch with the holodeck. Apparently, holodeck technology is far from perfected in the 24th century because it has a lot of problems. Well, and, hologram technology obviously is because you know we have in Voyager you have you have um, a holographic holodeck. doctor. Yeah, you have a hologram doctor who eventually who who gets sentient and then fights for hologram rights. Yeah, at the end, yeah, and he writes his own. That, that's the thing is that reminds me. Voyager technically has a mirror universe episode where because he writes a holodeck novel and it makes everybody on the on Voyager look like bastards. Like yeah, because you're on this. Welcome. These are the adventures of the Star Trek, uh, the Starship Boy. Yeah, but that's like, not the mirror universe. That's a fictional mirror universe yeah but that's that's basically their mirror universe episode and it's yeah. all about how he's they're like we don't act like this people are gonna think we're actually like this and he's like no it's it's just a, a misrepresentation i changed names they're like not really he's like dude still got a tattoo on his face plus is his mobile emitter that he has on his shoulder they make it out to be a giant backpack in the, the hollow novel i so, but anyway i would kill to see Mirror Universe's episodes in Star Trek Next Generation. That would be amazing. Evil Picard would have been the best thing ever. Oh, the Federation would have destroyed everything if, the, if they the had. The Empire. The Empire, thank you. If they showed evil, like, if they had Evil Picard, the Empire would have just trounced over everything. That dude was a powerhouse. Well, in the Mirror Universe, would he just have stayed Locutus? Yeah, probably. And he would have taken over the entire collective. <laughs> The entire collection. I, uh. I have to say that my my all time favorite has to be the and fuzzy the Locutus episode. I don't know the name, but Star Trek Next Generation Locutus episode's got to be my all time favorite. That oh, when he gets taken by the collective. Yeah, the the yeah. Borg Borg Picard, and the reason why it's my favorite is that was the the that was the catalyst that created Deep Space Nine. It is. You're right. It's where Deep Space Nine came in, and then they 
I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop bringing this up. Then they stole Worf. They stole my favorite Klingon. And he, he wasn't on it right away, though. No, he came in halfway through, didn't he? Yeah, it was quite a bit. Yeah, he was he was stationed on Deep Space Nine for the remainder of the series? The remainder of Deep Space Nine? Yeah, the remainder of Deep Space Nine. And then he went back to the Enterprise. Wait, so... Oh, one thing about that, my favorite episode with Captain Proton, you get to see Janeway dressed as the arachnid queen. Arachnid. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's... She's in a dress. She's all like dressed like sexified and everything. It's like, holy crap, this is not you. And all the Captain Proton stuff is shot in black and white. So do you have a favorite original series episode? My favorite original series episode is the same as everybody else's. Trouble with Dribbles? Yep. So I apologize to um, the group of nerds I'm friends with. One of my friends shouted out to us and asked us to talk about Tribbles, and I forgot who. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to who that was. Please comment on Facebook and let us know that I forgot who you were. Now, I have a Tribble. You have a Tribble? I have a Tribble, yeah. Nice, nice. It was a Loot Crate gift. Somebody got in a Loot Crate and gave it to me. Nice, nice. I like that. Now, when it comes to the Tribbles... They did a didn't they do a triple episode on Deep Space Nine? No, that's another favorite episode. They did the world's greatest episode. And I couldn't I didn't put it before Locutus just because Locutus is the like the coolest thing that ever happened in the Star Trek show. But they did one of the coolest TV episodes ever where they time traveled back to the twenty second uh, the twenty third century and went to the station where Kirk and Spock and all and the Enterprise were and on the show they used the footage from the Trouble with Tribbles episode and cut in the characters from Deep Space Nine and did it seamlessly. I remember this episode. And there is a scene in that episode that that actually cre- inspired an episode in Star Trek Enterprise where um, a bunch of the crew from Deep Space Nine is sitting at in the cantina right around the same time as Scotty's Cantina fight, right before Scotty's Cantina fight. Yeah. And Worf is there and they go, it's so weird. I would think that there would be Klingons here. And Worf says, there's Klingons everywhere. Where? I don't see any. But Those are all Klingons. And they're like, why do they look? And Worf is like, this is something we don't speak of. <laughs> well, no, yeah, because he goes... There, he goes like, wait, oh my god, what happened? Like, genetic mutation? Ex- uh, experiment? A disease? What? And he's just, we don't talk about it with outsiders. <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh, I, yeah. It was beautiful. I, I remember that part of the episode the best. It was great. And that led to the best thing that ever came out of um, Star Trek Enterprise. Which one was they, that? Well, they explained why Klingons looked like that in the original series. Oh, right, they do. Yeah. Right. I forgot all about that. They the Klingons were using the genetic modifications that were um that were developed by Nuni by um Dr. Singh during Soon. the during the um oh what were the wars called? Oh um the eugenics wars. Yeah. And Enterprise got to do some of the coolest stuff with the eugenics wars. That was one some of the stuff that got me most excited about the show. Where yeah. they used Oh, what's his name? Spiner, the guy who played Data? Prince Spiner. To yeah, play Prince. 
Dr. the Singh. ancestor of Nunia Singh, Nunian Singh, who I know he was Dr. Singh. I don't remember his first name. Yeah. And he was the guy who developed the the genetic modification that created Khan. Yo, he was. Yeah. So that was a really neat storyline. And to bring the actor back, playing a different playing a character, uh, just a neat idea. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was actually a good episode. Enterprise was a good show. The only thing I didn't like about it was the Temporal War. Now, the Temporal War is what bothered me. That's the one thing that bothered me. Other than that, I really liked it. And like, because if I remember right, on Enterprise, they still technically collected paychecks. There were two things about Enterprise that I don't like about that. They, they, so the entire show should have been nothing but exposition explaining history and stories using history. And the episodes that they did that were the best ones. Where, what are the blue aliens with the antennas? I cannot remember their name. But they're never mentioned in Next Generation, but they were in original series. So they brought them back for Enterprise. Yeah. Then you get the whole Klingon explanation. And you get, they did a dumb thing with the Borg showing up. Oh, the, the outpost. And it was really dumb because they they showed that that was the reason why the Borg knew about humans, but that invalidates the Star Trek Next Generation episode where Q did it. Yeah, which I like that better. Yeah, I, I it it was they I mean, Borg are hot, so they wanted to bring the rating ratings up by bringing Borg on the show. But they could have done it different. Oh, emphatically so. Oh, making it out to be like an ice station horror movie kind of it for for a little bit at the beginning of the episode where they they discover the crashed Borg cube was great. Yeah, that would have been cool. That that would have been cool. The the second the second thing that made me not like Star the Star Trek Enterprise is they didn't end the show the way they should have. I liked the ending of the show. You're not going to like it after I tell you what the real ending should have been. Uh, what is it? They should have ended it with Captain Archer looking in a mirror and seeing a completely different person. This was and the then... idea I had. This was the idea <laughs> I had a long time ago too. Oh my god! It turns out like it turns out the entire series was just one big Sam Beckett uh, quantum leap. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, that would have been so good. Like he takes us, like he steps off the stage after giving the speech that forms the Federation, and ultimately, then he looks in the mirror and you see a different face, and then boom, Al comes around a corner and he goes. You did it, Sam. Ziggy says the Federation forms three weeks after this. And then awesomely, <laughs> then awesomely he jumps. <laughs> he leaps out into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a youngling that gets killed by Anakin. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be good. Yes. That always upset me about Enterprise because it's not. So shows <laughs> have an ist- history of ending cheeky like that. Oh, and that would have been beautiful. I would have made loved, it into a quantum leap. Episode. That would have been the best, the best ending to that show. You know, you did it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's kind of how I treated the entire series. Was I was like, damn, Al really should step around that corner right now. Sam shouldn't he? Huh? Because I, I have, loved Quantum Leaves, and that's where I first met Scott Bakula, and I just so I treated the whole series like that, and it made it so much more fun for me. All right, so what? Okay, the one thing that bugged me about ending was that it wasn't like actually them doing it it was all a holodeck simulator it was all a holodeck uh history lesson for Riker. 
Yeah, it was, you know, the entire the entire series of Star Trek Enterprise was really just something that happened during an existing episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, so I mean, that was something that bugged. That was something that bugged me, but I really liked it, especially seeing seeing the NX One Enterprise and how it and how Starfleet started, and really how the Klingons really treated us like children. And See, I just really liked it. I think a better way to end it would have been if things escalated with the Temple War, and Archer and all of them got sent to the far future, and they interacted with the Enterprise crew from Next Generation way in the future. So we get to see what happens long after Next Generation, and we get a closure to Enterprise, and we get bonus information on Next Generation. Well, we, we got closure with the, with the movie Nemesis. That technically sucked. I liked that movie. I I actually really liked that because there was it actually there was a lot of closure on it. What I uh, what made me sad was I found out there actually was a, a Will Wheaton cameo in the movie as Wesley Crusher again, and they cut it. Oh, that's the, why it sucked then. It, I knew it was the, missing something. In the bonus features at Riker's wedding, Wesley Crusher is there, and he's an and he's an engineer, and he's an engineering officer getting ready to. Getting ready to take uh, his uh, duty station on a Starfleet vessel. See, I think they missed out on a big opportunity doing Discovery because I would, I mean, Will Wheaton has created a nerd empire. And if they cast him as a captain on a ship after Next Generation, like long after Next Generation, like they do Star Trek the Next gen- next Generation, I would watch that. I'd watch the hell out of that. I'd watch Riker be the captain of the Titan. Well, Actually, I don't know. Will Wheaton's quite not old enough to be a captain. Make him a um, a first, first officer. officer. I mean, he has the beard. Yeah, I think he'd be a great Riker. But Wesley Crusher, according to Star Trek The Next Conversation podcast, and I agree with this 100%, he is an evil genius that is trying to, that would try constantly to destroy the Enterprise. What, I, I also think, yeah. <laughs> I, I also <laughs> I'm not going to touch that too much because I'm actually I'm 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 a Wesley Crusher. Oh, but he so, was an evil genius and his and his mother had a learning disability. Oh, shut your face. <laughs> um, or she was a miracle worker and she gave him the wrong the wrong uh, fix times for her shit on purpose. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> She knew about her kid. She knew. She was covering for him. She wanted that ship to blow up the, just as bad as he did. All right. So we're, <laughs> we're, 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 um, we're almost done, but you have an option here. Do you want it? Oh, I don't have time. I have to record another podcast. You so have we, have to, we have to wrap up. All right. So we're going to do part two with Anthony on because we still need to talk about movies and we still need to talk about some of the other Star Trek stuff, like the animated series. Yeah, and we're, we're going to do this episode soon. Yeah, it won't be next week because we have something. Ske- well, it might be. We have some scheduling stuff going on. So we have, if, we have flux for next week. So you yeah. might see Star Trek part two. You might not. But either way, we're going to get all three of us in on this. We're going to get Anthony's least favorite episode, favorite series. Uh, we'll do favorite characters because we all I know we have favorite characters. And we're going to talk about the movies. Uh, we touched on, on Nemesis a little bit. Brian's wrong for hating it. But we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the movies because there's a lot of good movies. And I want to get everybody's opinion on this new hot 
thing that is the alternate universe, which I don't know what they're calling, what, what the title for the alternate verse is. Well, I think we'll do an entire episode on the movies. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think we could touch on the series, get Anthony's information for the series, and then just dive headfaced into the movies. Headface. Headface. Face first. <laughs> no, I like mine better. Headface. <laughs> Subliminally. Here are those aspects. Do you, okay, I got to ask you real quick while we're wrapping up. What do you prefer? Pecan or pecan? It's pecan. All right. It's a pecan pie. That's acceptable. Because pecan is a can full of peas. All right. I'm... <laughs> I'm acceptable with your your I say pecan I say, pe, I say pecan. Yeah, so, so pecan. um ah. caramel or caramel? Caramel. Caramel. Caramel, you jackass. Battle lines are drawn. Most importantly, Oregon or Oregon? Oregon. Damn it. <laughs> Heather, you win. <laughs> She's gonna love that. <laughs> uh, I'm actually getting to go back to Disneyland on Monday because I love Disneyland. We're just a few days too short for the freaking Johnny Depp thing. Everybody groaned when they missed that, except for me. I never go to Disneyland. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, so I, I would, uh, we were, t- well, the thing is because we were on parts of the Caribbean talking about how he does that and how we always wish we were here when he did it. And then we were like, do you want to go to Disneyland today? No, let's go to a winery. And then they're like, oh, Johnny Depp was on the Pirates right on Wednesday. And we were like, fuck. <laughs> You went fuck. <laughs> yeah. We're fuck. <laughs> and then we went and terrorized Tokyo. <laughs> uh, but we're we're going to go Monday and have a good time. My buddy's still in a walking cast. He If he ran, he's thinking about running a rascal again so we can get front of line. Oh, that sounds good. So that, that's, so that's one part of my thing. I'm going to start. Oh, I'm going to try and start watching Next Generation again. Yeah, I, um, you're going to watch with the podcast. I, I, I want to watch some episodes. I, I have um, I have BBC America on my cable now so I can watch the BBC America website so I could binge Star Trek Next Gen if I want, because all the episodes are on the BBC America site. Um, try to check out. And uh, this is a, and then this will be another like, well, uh, it'll be a plug later, but. You should check out the Star Trek The Next Conversation podcast. I think you'd really like it because they're hardcore Trek fans. Yeah. yeah we'll you'd like totally it. plug them. Yeah. Star Trek yeah I'm going pl- to plug it because it's it's one of my new favorites. You can do plugs now. We do plugs right. You do plugs right after you say what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll plug it. It's, again, the Star Trek The Next Conversation podcast with Matt Myra and Andy Secunda. And they Star Trek The Next Conversation dot com, I believe is what it's called. I'll, I'll we'll get the proper link in in the description. And. They're on iTunes, and they have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook page. Uh, their Twitter is at STTNC. So, and that's a good podcast. I would like it to get supported because they want to. They said if they get, they're going to try and go through all the series. That sounds do, good. Yeah, they're going to do all of Next Generation. Uh, they're talking about doing Voyager right away, but they might do Deep Space because they've both seen Deep Space Nine a lot. So they said they might do Voyager. Sounds good. They're going to have like special review episodes for the movies. And what about you, Brian? What do you got coming up? So for me, um, I still have, oh, I have about six. Now I want to say 4,000 photos I took in Ohio that I'm working on. You know, I thought you were uh, up in Portland. I was in Portland. Um, I'm having some brain problems this morning because I got up super early. <laughs> 
Know the feeling, buddy. Know the feeling. I, I actually, it's not wrong because I do have like 4,000, probably 8,000 photos from Ohio from when I was there. So, <laughs> no, from when I was in Portland, I took over 4,000 photos. Heather took a whole bunch of photos too with, um, with my other camera. So I have lots of stuff to, to stuff. So you can see a lot of that at BrianDarnellPhotography.com. I already, I'm, oh God, my brain's not working. I do not have a Brian Darnell Photography.com. Facebook, Brian Darnell Photography. Facebook.com slash Brian Darnell Photography. I'm glad we're wrapping up because my brain is failing. I posted a picture of the sea lion I mentioned last week. And so, so, um, Brian, you're amazing. I have to say that. So, you took 4,000 photos up in Portland and almost fought a guy over a seal. Yes. So, yes. did he? Did this, so you, what you're telling me is this guy really hated Kiss from a Rose. It was a sea lion. <laughs> it was oh, not a seal. I said it was a seal last week. Somebody corrected me on my page. It was a sea lion. Nice. And I'm normally really good. And I knew it was, I, I, I just kept saying seal until it became a seal in my head. So, okay. So it was a sea lion. So was this guy actually like trying to like run up to it, pick it up and be like Simba of the sea? Yes. That is what was happening. Yes, I went there. It was shameless. And and he did not get his beard bit off. It would have been great. Um, I think okay. the best photo I got while I was there was this. I got a giant panorama of Mount Hood that I climbed up a really steep hill to get. I did a lot of scary climbing because everything was icy. I saw the, yeah, you posted some of the pictures already from Hood and everything. It looked really snowy up there. I also took some pictures from the middle of a busy highway. What? Sometimes it's the best place to get a good view. <laughs> Brian, you edit this podcast. Don't kill yourself. Um, I it, um, being a nature photographer can be a dangerous job sometimes. It, it's just one of the things. I am careful. I don't do stupid things. Like I didn't run into traffic. I waited for there to be no cars. I set up my tripod in the middle of the road. It was early in the morning. Um, I was relatively safe. There was risk. I don't like to say I was completely safe because that would be a dumb statement and leads to accidents. I was very careful. Um, I I moved across the freeway, uh, across the highway. It wasn't a freeway. I moved across the highway quickly, and so I wouldn't slip because I didn't know if there was ice. And I took a picture from basically on top of the barricade in the middle. Oh, good job. Yeah. Um, the other thing I did was just this last week. Sandro and I went. At, I got to hang out with Sandro for like the first time. Long time. Um, for listeners who don't know, he's my best friend. Um, we went hiking, and I got a crap ton of photos at Santa Rosa Plateau. Um, oh, which I is love Santa nature, Rosa Plateau. Yeah, it's a great nature reserve out here. It's a good time to go, too, because the 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 toads just turned into toads from tadpoles. Nice. So if you go on the boardwalk at the Vernal Pools, there are, I am not exaggerating, thousands of toads all over the ground. Nice. So I got lots you know, of pictures of that. Be careful going out there, though, because they still have a lot of bridges washed away from the bad storms we had. What do you mean? Uh, in the storms we had back in December, they had a lot of their bridges washed away. Like, they, there's one that they still can't find at all. I, I didn't go over any bridges on the way to Santa Rosa Plateau. No, in the plateau. Really? Oh, well, I, yeah. I went to the Vernal Pools, so there was no bridges the on the way. And oh, okay, I, do, I always start at the Vernal Pools. I never start at the Visitor Center. Yeah, so... Um, last thing I promise. So today is a crazy day. I'm recording this podcast right after we get off. I'm saving my edit. 
and then I'm calling Sam at the Supernatural Road So Far podcast and recording their podcast with that with her um, as my substitute for Mal, who's out in um, foreign lands right now. Did I kill you? No, no. I just thought that was really interesting, and <laughs> I, I I had to sit and percolate on it because foreign lands. I mean, is, is she supernatural? I don't remember the episode number. We're talking about the episode of Supernatural that aired on April twenty seventh. So that okay. should be great. Supernatural: The Road So Far is a great podcast. You can find it at snroadsofar.com, and of course, go to Facebook and find the Supernatural Road So Far Facebook group. I am in there and talk often. They are an awesome group. And that is where we do the Supernatural Live Watch every Friday. And how can they reach us, Brian? So if you want to reach us, the best way to do that is to go to Facebook and find and search for Nerd Podcast Radio. Um, We have a page on there where you can talk with us and discuss topics with us, suggest topics for the show. We share nerdy things on there every day. We usually share around noon. But throughout the day, we share things. The three of us share different things. I have a schedule of posts that go at noon. You can check out stuff there. Most of it's from (laughs) io9.com because I'm lazy. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, anthony.com, and on Twitter, at supervegan.brian, at nerdcastermike, at nerdcastradio. As usual, we are in need of podcast reviews. You can find our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other podcast locations, including Google Music, which I listened to us on the other day. It's actually a great place to listen to us on an Android device. Um, well, I have mine. I have. I, I get mine downloaded to my phone. On whatever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a review. If you're on SoundCloud. Leave us comments and likes and repost us. We really appreciate it. It helps. If you give us feedback, don't be afraid to give us negative feedback. We will take that negative feedback and help and use it to improve our content. If you give us positive feedback, we love that too. Um, and we and include your suggestions in there because we will use that feedback to improve our podcast. We always want to get better. We're still We're still learning. We've been at this for nine months now but we're hoping to build it into something very special. We're not trying to get rich people. We're just trying to have a good time and keep in touch. Yes. So, but that is us, everybody. This is nerd podcast radio. This is everything we've learned so far. I think we need an IEP plan. (laughs) Star Trek was a fun thing to talk about. Actually was. I actually, this is the most fun I've had talking about Star Trek in a while. And I I think I realized, because I don't really have a ton of people to talk to start, start talk Star Trek with in my group that I have out here with me right now. It's a really you two guys that I can talk to and Anthony wasn't here, so it makes me a little sad. But I don't have a ton of people to stalk about Star Trek either. <laughs> I said talk, but at the same time my tongue just like I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sort of like me going to Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have a lot of people to talk about uh, to about Star Trek out here because not everybody like it's, I have a shit ton of people to talk Star Wars with. Not a lot of people I know out here really like Star Trek. So you guys are like my one outlet right now, and I love Star Trek. And I've been dying to talk about a new podcast I was I'm listening to, and nobody else cares about Star Trek, much less a podcast about Star Trek. <laughs> I I just want to make a quick shout out to my late brother. He was the biggest Star Trek fan I knew. He made a point of binging 
every single episode of Voyager. You would love Good him. Man. He's a giant Voyager fan. And this was before streaming services, so he torrented all of them. Oh, wow. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah, so love you, Matt, up there in the sky. Uh, just want to give a quick shout-out to you. We talked about Star Trek, and I thought about you for through the whole thing. Awesome, man. Oh, Brian, I need you to write down a note for me. Okay. For part two. Dolphins on the Enterprise. <laughs> okay. Just write the, and remind me of it when we're talking about the ships and stuff, because it's, it's something I learned that is really interesting, and I wanted to bring it up, and I forgot to. Okay. On the <laughs> tune in tune in when we do our next star trek episode whatever that is and you will hear about dolphins on the enterprise <laughs> all right so but no this was a really good one look forward looking forward to episode uh episode part two yeah episode part two of star trek where we can actually sit down with anthony hear about his stuff for the series talk about all the movies and gush or hate them hating is wrong no just remember that brian and this has been Nerd Podcast Radio this week, and it's been a lot of fun talking about this. This is uh, one of my very nice, fervent fanhoods that I, I am part of. And I've been your host, Special Mikey, along with me, Super Vegan Brian. Goodbye, everybody. Anthony, <laughs> since you're listening and not on, I just want to let you know, Tyranny is still a terrible video game. It's horse shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking shit. <laughs> But yes, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Have a great time. And as always, stay very, stay informed. Stay and stay up. awesome. Yeah. All right. Anthony, say goodbye, Brian. Cut him off. Bye.